Welcome to the Weekly Spiral. You are tuned into episode 33. Today we are going to continue the theme from last episode. We're going to go pick 17 through 32 of our dueling mock between Durgan and myself. Uh, I am Cyrus, Matt Durgan, as we know, and we have Casey Sully moderating and mediating. How are you guys doing today? Doing I'm good. Actually commission commissioning 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 commissioner yeah you know i was trying to do the same suffix as as yours commissioner sully i apologize got your title wrong yeah you're gonna get four games or and uh a big fine for that for not addressing me by my proper name there may not even be a season so you i don't know if you can i don't know if you can suspend me from what doesn't exist well touche but uh we'll find a way you know all right Anyways, let's uh, let's sort of dive right into it. We'll we'll put the Cowboys on the clock right now as we do our little our little intro. So, uh, Cyrus, get ready, bud. I know it's I know it's the Eagle or the the Cowboys, but uh, you're gonna have to to make a difficult pick. And uh, we got a lot of picks in these last sixteen that are doubles. So uh, the Dolphins have their second pick of the first round. The Raiders have their second pick of the first round. The Jaguars have their second pick of the first round. Vikings have their second pick of the first round. And the Dolphins have their third pick of the first round. And on the flip side, teams without a first, not getting any love on this podcast in these last two weeks, uh, Bills, Steelers, Texans, Rams, Colts, Bears. None of them have a first. Um, So They'll be a little bit uh, lacking in discussion, but um, they made some trades. Khalil Mack, you know, Stephon Diggs. Um, so they'll they'll get their love via those guys, you know, instead of exciting draft prospects. But, Saras, you ready? Is the card coming in? Yeah, the pick is in. <laughs> I'm ready. I actually knew this okay. one since it was the first one. I really kind of had my... Yeah, choice. There it's, was day, no it's day two of the draft. Yeah, here. yeah. Day two so, of the uh, yeah. weekly spiral draft. We're virtual. Yeah. The real draft will probably be to... virtual. <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. We're trendsetters. Is we're what trendsetters. We're doing. So, with the 17th pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Kalavon Chasen, edge rusher out of LSU. I think it's an ideal fit across from Demarcus Lawrence. He's super raw, uh, but he has all the athletic tools you want out of an edge rusher. He's maybe a little bit undersized. That's the only question, I think, uh, in terms of his game. Can can a, a defensive coordinator and, and the right coaching uh, system coach him up, turn him into the uh, versatile, disruptive force that he could be? Um, we'll see. Right. And uh, with that, Durgan, the Dolphins are on the clock as we discuss this, this pick. Um, I mean, yeah. they need something, you know. Yeah. They they never really had this this pass rush, um, <clears throat> really since like Demarcus Ware left. They have it a little bit with uh, uh, what was his name? Is Demarcus it, uh, Lawrence. De- Demarcus uh, Lawrence. He's yeah. he's a baller. I mean, he's a good, really good player. And they lost Robert Quinn, so I think um, I think Chasen slides in right right there in that starting lineup. Um, He's only played for two years, and he basically um, came and started playing college football without very much experience. So he has all the physical tools. He's agile. He has active hands. Um, He can even drop into coverage a little bit. He's 250 pounds. He's super fast for his size. Um, He can bend 
you know, he's got loose hips. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can get underneath tackles consistently. The concern, though, is that he's a little small. He's 250. Can he add some weight to his frame? I don't know if it can hold it. So mm-hmm. that would be – I mean, he may end up being a situational third down sort of defensive lineman in the NFL. Sure, um, sure. Do you use your first-round pick on a guy like that? I don't know. And if he does gain some weight, if he can, if his frame can hold it, will he lose that elite speed that he has? So there is some some uh, weaknesses that drop him down to this sort of mid-first-round range, but I think he's he's got potential physically – uh, to be a top-tier talent in the NFL if he's in the right system. Yeah, and it seems like a guy that Jerry Jones might uh, get excited about, someone with the physical tools, and if you can just tweak him a little bit, um, add some weight, that he could be a really dominant player for them. Yeah, and he, he tore his ACL in college, so you know Jerry Jones loves those injured, previously <laughs> injured players and bringing he them back. He does love those guys. He does. Yeah. That and guys who've been to jail. Yeah, those two. <clears throat> those two. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Alden Smith. Alden yeah. Smith, my guy, coming back, trying to at least. So yeah, uh, but all of a sudden, if if he's back and he's on the the straight and narrow and doing what he's supposed to be doing, and now you got those three guys up That's front. Tough. It's a good, it's a good defensive tough. line you got there. Apparently, Alden uh, Smith now is up to like two eighty five. <clears throat> so I know I just read that that size and has even a fraction of the athletic ability. Line him up at D tackle on pass rushdowns. That's dirty. It is. Well, let's let's move on to the Dolphins, and with the 18th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Dolphins select Josh Jones, offensive tackle, Houston. I'm not a huge fan of the guy, but the <clears throat> Dolphins might have the worst offensive line in the league. Uh, just probably the pick I wouldn't make, but looking at what they did in free agency, they went strong on defense, which is Brian Flores' background as a defensive coach forming with the Patriots. I think they're going to focus heavily on offense this draft. Uh, they got Tua. Tua's their guy. their quarterback. And look at their receivers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Devontae Parker, who's a really good receiver this year, had over 1,000 yards, and a few other developmental guys that I think they can wait till the second round to draft one of those. Also, they can draft a running back in the second round as those kind of are all clumped together. There's no real one standout. So they're going to go offensive line. Josh Jones is the best available. He's probably just a ride tackle, but he's pretty athletic, quick, might struggle year one, but mm-hmm. as he develops more, the team's not going to win next year anyway. Year two, he had a chance to be a legit tackle in the NFL. Sure. And uh, the Raiders are on the clock here. So Cyrus is up next. The Raiders' second pick. Um, but... Josh Jones, I think, I think of situations that quarterbacks enter as, as they select Tua earlier, um, like Josh Rosen going into Arizona, and then he was with Miami as well. But uh, those offensive lines were just dumpster fires. And what you don't want to do is traumatize a young quarterback that you want to be the future of your franchise by getting them hit and exposing him to injury and making him feel unsafe because with a number of quarterbacks that we've seen, if you do that, sometimes they get the jitters and they can't ever get out of them or they get the yips and, and they struggle to pull out. So, um, I mean, I think that's, you're right. It's the, the best offensive lineman left on the board and uh, sort of solidifies. I don't know if it's solidifying. They need a couple of pieces on the yeah. offensive line, but uh, starts to build that, uh, that front there and, and, and to his main concern is 
his injuries. He gets injured a lot. He had it coming off mm -hmm. a very serious hip injury. He's had ankle injuries in the past. Even if I don't think this is the best value pick, you have to go offensive line just to show that you're committing uh, to your franchise quarterback. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, the Raiders with are ready. The 19th pick. Wait, hold, yeah. on, hold on, hold on. The card is in. Wait, the Raiders have a little opinion on uh, on this pick as well. <laughs> uh, okay. So, and by the Raiders, I mean me. Right. Uh, let, let us know, Mark Davis. I think he is, like Durgan said, limited to right tackle. That's sort of where he's going to be. Um, but he has sort of the three things, three issues, which I hate with offensive tackles. He doesn't have the elite level strength you want from a tackle. Uh, nor the power that you want to see from a tackle. And he's got like sh relatively short arms for a tackle. So mm -hmm. I see him getting bullied in the NFL. I don't like this pick, but I understand the need for offensive line. So I wish the Dolphins would have addressed it in another way. Also, there's, a really, <laughs> there's a really good chance that they won't even have this pick. Uh, they, they probably are going to trade up for Tua if they do want him. With the the Lions, and they but lose they this do one? stay at five. Um, there are rumors that they like Justin Herbert more than they like Tua. Hmm. So if that's hmm. the case, then they'll probably stay at five and draft him there. Got to okay. go with the offensive line. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not even a huge fan of Josh Jones, but based on what's left out there, I think he has the upside to be the best tackle in the draft. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's left. Yeah, he is the best left for now, yeah. Yeah. Well... Is the card official? The, card is or the, official. Raiders? the Raiders are ready. We got okay. you. <laughs> With the 19th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Um, this guy is an elite athlete at the position. He's got sideline to sideline speed. He's a good tackler. He's a hard hitter. He's physical. He's a good run defender. Um, he can fit a 4-3 or a 3-4 defense. He's versatile in that sense. I think a lot of teams will fall in love with that. Um, he's got the closing speed that you like to see out of a linebacker. He reacts quickly. And uh, I think he is, at this point in the draft, I, I mean, outside of um, outside of your top-tier defenders, he's, he's one of the best picks you can make in this sort of 15 to 32 range, in my opinion, personally. I think he's good at pass coverage, which is important out of linebackers. Uh, and he can defend the run, which is all I would would want out of a linebacker. The Raiders signed, uh, I think they signed two linebackers. They signed Nick Kwiatkowski and mm. Corey Littleton, who are solid, and they really needed to fix that position. But I think Kenneth Murray comes in and quickly steals the show in that linebacking group. Yeah, the the Jaguars are on the clock, Durgan, so prepare. But... Uh, I think Corey Littleton, you paid him too much. He has to start. But Nick Kwiatkowski, who played for the Bears last year, was serviceable and a good rotational guy, I think. But I think Kenneth Murray can easily take his spot. Um, if not day one, then, I mean, it depends. It depends on a lot. Like if there's OTAs and minicamp and all that kind of stuff. If he doesn't have the reps uh, in training camp to, to be able to get himself in i think the raiders sort of built themselves a fail safe by signing two linebackers and getting a, a a guy that has starting experience that can start the first few games before kenneth murray starts to work himself into that rotation um but the raiders need it they had the 32nd ranked defense last year uh so you got to fix that problem for sure yeah so i mean thus far they went henry ruggs and um kenneth murray i think that's a solid draft so far good job mike mayock <laughs> 
<laughs> from the uh, the desk to the to the podium, I guess for for Mike Mayock. But uh, is the card in, Durgan? Are the Jaguars ready? In. Card is okay. in. And uh... with the twentieth pick in the two thousand and twenty NFL Draft, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Christian Fulton, cornerback, LSU. Uh, I, I, this one was tough because I don't know if Yannick Nagakwe is going to be traded before the draft. I'm assuming he's not. So they already have Josh Allen there who had a very good year as a rookie. And they traded Jalen Ramsey. So they didn't have a huge need in the secondary at corner mm-hmm. and at safety, but more so at corner in my opinion. Also got Isaiah Simmons uh, and then the, uh, ninth overall picked by Cyrus, which is a great pick for them. Uh, by solidifying Christian Fulton as a corner in the future, really aggressive player. Uh, I didn't like his tape this year compared to year previous. Uh, that's also because he was targeted a lot more this year as the corner opposite him. Uh, Derek Stingley Jr. was the best corner freshman possibly of all time this past season. So he was getting targeted a lot more, but still was productive, still on a good defense. But he's really aggressive. He kind of brings that alpha dog mentality you need in a shutdown corner. And this has made a first step uh, of kind of repairing that defense that just three, four years ago was possibly the best in NFL with the Jaguars before things went haywire for them. So this is kind of their second move after getting Isaiah Simmons to rebuilding that defense. For sure. Uh, Cyrus, I know you're excited. You probably want to jump the gun right now, but the Eagles are on the clock and you've got the pick. I already know. Uh, <laughs> you already know. Well, let's talk about Christian Fulton for a second, and then we'll we'll get to the Eagles. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last episode, that, that Jaguars defense from a couple of years ago that took them to the AFC Championship is, is like, nowhere to be found now. Uh, they're all on different teams. So, um, I mean, we've, we've seen the different strategies from different teams building through the trenches first and expanding out to the secondary. Uh, and then we've seen teams try to build through the secondary and, and build down that way. Um, and they need both and they've got both. So, um, in this draft, at least in, in, uh, I think that's gotta be their, their main focus. Um, Chark looked good for them on offense last year and give Gardner Minshew a, a weapon or two in, in the, uh, second day two or three. And, uh, I think you've got a, a serviceable team. I don't know if they compete for the, the AFC South, but, um, you know, I don't think they're that that far away from, especially if the Texans keep doing Texans <laughs> things, and uh, who knows how long the Colts are going to be competitive for with with Philip Rivers. But um, really, it's just the the Tennessee Titans. I think have have the best chance of holding on to that division for a while, um, and I don't think the Jaguars are all that far away um, if they they solidify a couple key positions. And head coach Doug Marone, he wants to run the football and play good defense. That's just his DNA. That's what he did when the teams were good. So mm-hmm. don't put too much pressure on Gardner Minshew. And sometimes the quarterback's best friend is a good defense. Mm-hmm. Have a good defense makes life easier for him. Don't get as many shootouts. Don't have to make as many risky passes. For sure. All right. Cyrus has been waiting at the podium with the card, <laughs> trying to shove it in my face here. Yep. Uh, he might get an additional game suspension for that, but it's okay. With the 21st pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, <laughs> LSU. Um, this is a team that, as we all know, had some problems. No receiver over 500 yards last season. 
Um, and Carson Wentz still threw 4,000 yards. So this uh, needs this receiving room needs to get a little younger, needs a revamp. Uh, we drafted a receiver last year, didn't really show up, but you know sometimes they take time to develop. And I think Justin Jefferson is that guy. He was Joe Burrow's favorite target. He has uh, all you would want out of a receiver. Uh, the one knock on him was that he didn't have elite speed, and he maybe didn't have um, that NFL-level ability to separate. But that is also because he didn't play against man coverage much. So he came out to the combine, ran a 4-4-3, ran a, uh, had a 37.5 vertical and 126-inch broad jump, which is pretty damn good. So he kind of proved that he kind of he has that elite speed and he can play. I mean, the, the dude had 1,500 yards and 18 touchdowns um, at LSU. He's a mismatch with height and length. I think he can track the ball really well downfield. And he high points the ball. He, he kind of does everything you would want from a receiver. He's very consistent. Um, is he the highest ceiling receiver? Maybe not. Maybe he's more of a higher floor, lower ceiling type guy. But I think um, he definitely immediately improves this receiving core, and he can slot right in, no pun intended, in the slot uh, for the Eagles from day one. We just lost Nelson Aguilar, and I think he fits in nicely with Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, assuming both are healthy and can play uh, immediately in the slot. For sure. And with that, the Vikings are on the clock their first pick so via the bills for stefan diggs and then they have a pick three picks later number 25 um but i think the eagles had they had to pick a receiver like even if it's not one of the top tier guys um which i don't think you would qualify justin jefferson as uh you still got to take them because they're so depleted there um hopefully deshaun gets healthy and alshon looks not like the ghost of alshon and they yep. can do some stuff on on offense with those receivers, but uh, the only thing I'd be worried about is if he's a product of Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, he can win contested catches. He can go high point it. He has fantastic hands. Um, but when you have a quarterback as accurate and uh, a team that throws it as much as LSU did, um, is is he going to look better because of of Joe Burrow and that style of offense than he might? Uh, in the NFL. I'm not going to say he's uh, a guy with a Spanish last name, JJ Ortega, Whiteside, <laughs> but uh, I think he's a better athlete and he has a, a way higher ceiling. But I wouldn't be surprised if he had a disappointing season like JJ Ortega, Whiteside. Ooh, shots fired. It's totally possible. And, you know, it's typically in the NFL, receivers take a year or two to come on and develop to they what do. they actually are. You know, you come into the league and the game's a lot faster than it is in college. And the cornerbacks are all the best cornerbacks from college. You're not playing anybody. Mm-hmm. There's no soft defense out there, right? I mean, you know, that's the one knock on him, too. And the one concern, he didn't face much uh, press man in college. So, mm-hmm. I mean... Could that could that be a problem? Absolutely. Maybe he can't separate. You know, I don't know. But um, one thing he is really good at is finding holes um, in in zone. So if he can, you know, if you can use him effectively, and I think in the slot, if he's your third uh, receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Again, assuming health, that was obviously a huge issue. But if he's your third receiver, I think he will have a few big impact games. Um, there's no way. Look. This is a team that drafted Nelson Aguilar and then drafted J.J.R. Sega-Whiteside and have seen lots of the word bust being thrown around, right? 
Sure. Yeah. Nelson Aguilar came on a little bit. I mean, he played well. He did have some drop issues. Uh, JJ, it's still early. So I don't think anybody's expecting him to come out and be wide receiver one right away. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but at the same time, I think he's a better prospect than both of those guys were at this point in his career. Sure. And I think yeah. if it, this is a different draft, uh, you're talking about him wide receiver one or two. Sure. I, I, I can get on that boat. I can get on that boat. Cool. Welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of rowing the boat, that's Minnesota Golden Gophers, but uh, we're on to the Vikings. They're gonna, are, are the Vikings ready to make a pick? Vikings are ready. Okay. Well, with the 22nd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select. T. Higgins, wide receiver, Clemson. Uh, they obviously mentioned earlier, traded Stephon Diggs to the Bills. And looking at their wide receiver depth chart after Adam Thielen, it is quite barren. And one thing that the Vikings want to do is throw the ball with Kirk Cousins. I know they run the ball a lot with Dalvin Cook, but huge part of their game is throwing the football, and they need that big physical receiver that Stephon Diggs was. And while T. Higgins isn't the athlete Diggs was, Diggs can beat you deep, and Higgins isn't that kind of player. He's more of a possession receiver, but he's big. He's 6'3", 6'4", almost 200 pounds, really productive in college, played in a lot of big games at Clemson. Uh, he's not a slot receiver that digs it a lot for them, but he can play out in the boundary, win those 50-50 balls, and this is like their next step towards rebuilding that offense and rebuilding that wide receiver uh, room. Sure. And with that, the Patriots are on the clock. But, I mean, I like that pick. I, I think he complements Adam Thielen pretty well. Um, I mean, he's not the same receiver as Diggs, but he fills that sort of void. Yeah, uh, like you were talking about, he sort of compliments. They didn't really have a big body receiver that can go up and make those contested catches or those fifty-fifty balls. They um, had some guys with speed and that understood routes and could dice you up, and you would never play man against them. Yeah. Um, but now you have a guy where maybe you ha- might have a matchup issue. So now that you got to match up a big corner on T. Higgins, and you got to match up a faster, more shifty guy on Adam Thielen, and if you don't have both of those guys, then all of a sudden you could be in trouble. Um, whereas if uh, you're, you're facing Diggs and Thielen, maybe you can just roll out, go and nickel the whole game, and uh, bracket those guys and, and hope to survive that the the Kirk Cousins onslaught, so to speak. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Adam Thielen missed some time last year with injuries, and he's not getting mm-hmm. younger himself. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's, he's what he's told, he's one of the best in the league. But the older he gets, the more he's going to break down. You need that fresh blood in there especially if you're going to commit long-term to Kirk Cousins, which I think they will. They extended his contract one more year. So Mm -hmm. we'll have at least two more years of Kirk in Minnesota. And, uh, yeah, they need a receiver. I I thought defensive back here, but they have a pick just four away, so they can target a a defensive back then. But receiver is more of a pressing need in my eyes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Cyrus, are the Patriots ready? Who knows? (laughs) <laughs> well, the, the the draft is going to skip you. The Saints are going to supersede you and take your spot. No, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready. Okay. I guess. Well, with the 23rd pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the New England Patriots select. Jordan Love. This is their QB of the future. Let's go. I honestly have no idea. Like, I don't, Wow. I, okay, here's what I really think happens. I think they trade back. 
from this pick, mm-hmm. and then I think they take Jake Fromm in like the third round because he had a horrendous combine, but I think uh, Bill Belichick likes him. So I think he kind of is sneakily just, you know, happy that Jake Fromm had a shit combine. So that's what I think <laughs> happens. But yeah. since there's no trades in this and um, Jordan Love is about somewhere between 20 and 40 in on my big board, I'm going to say they take Jordan Love. They need a quarterback. Then he's a solid one. I mean, he's got a lot to work on, namely field vision, which is his worst attribute in my opinion. Um, but he's got all the tools you would want from a quarterback. He's relatively raw, but he's got the height, weight, size, arm strength, hand size, 40 times pretty good for a quarterback runs like a four, six. So he's, he's actually a solid athlete. Um, and he led his team. I mean, he was the, the leader of that Utah state team. He made his, his team better, which is ultimately all you can ask from your quarterback. So, um, I, yeah, this was a weird pick. There was like three players I was deciding between, but, um, yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, this is a position that you can't ignore, and Jordan Love is the best player left that before a pretty steep drop-off in quarterback talent, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't know if I'm on board with this one, but the Saints are on the clock, Durgan. Uh, so as we discuss this very interesting pick that Cyrus made, uh, I mean, I, I actually really like Jordan Love. I don't think Bill Belichick will ever take a first-round quarterback. Uh Everything they've said is they're supporting Jarrett Sidham, and he's their guy. And smoke screens. Uh, yep, sh- sure. But I, I, I just he doesn't strike me as a guy that's going to draft a quarterback in the first round. I mean, he's gone twenty years without having to. He got Tom Brady in the sixth. Well, or seventh. okay. How long has Tom Brady played? Out like of those twenty. 20. So of course he's gone twenty years without having to. What do you mean? I don't know. That's things what I'm are different. Now. Like, Times are changing, buddy. <laughs> everything is different sure but i think if he was going to he would have done it earlier and drafted a guy that he believed in like stidham from auburn and uh groomed that guy like he was doing with uh jimmy garoppolo or brian hoyer or one of those guys or jacoby Brissett. those are guys that they wanted to have in the pipeline and they have one in the pipeline and uh, they have an uh, unproven one in the pipeline nothing's nothing well, points sure. to They're, him being able to to play of course because tom brady's been playing for the last 20 years sure but but i i i think you need offensive skill positions if you're the patriots they have absolutely nothing they just don't have anything they don't have a tight end they don't have any receivers they have julian ellenman but he's getting getting old uh and that's about it like you don't have any true running backs sonny michelle um, he had a, he dropped he fell off a cliff rookie year to sophomore year but well he was I, splitting I carries heavily so i don't know skill. that it's his fault that he fell off a cliff but um i i agree with you i think i i already told you what i think happens i agree with you they need skill positions i think they trade back compile a bunch of picks take jake from in the third round let him compete with stidham and then draft a bunch of skill positions and, and load up on talent but we're not trading and they need a quarterback so i took a quarterback <laughs> i would have made the same pick I would oh have really the same thing you did really yeah, yeah. that surprises me look at Suck you guys it, throwing curveballs gotcha. commissioner casey is very rattled i'm got, shook got. right now i'm shook uh well talking about one old quarterback and going to another old quarterback are the saints is the card in the card is in okay 
with the 24th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select LaVisca Chenault, receiver, Colorado. I would have gone Jordan Love if you didn't pick him at 23 as well. So, Jordan Love shout out. But the Saints need a receiver. Uh, they got Emmanuel Sanders, but he's 33 years old. He's not your future. You have Michael Thomas. And besides that, you have nothing. Uh, Alvin Kamara yeah. is probably your second best receiver last year. And he's running back. So, you needed some receiver here. Did uh, a few good options. But Chanel is the most versatile. And seeing how creative Sean Payton is with a guy like Taysom Hill, Chanel can do a lot of the same things besides throwing the ball, obviously. But you can line him mm-hmm. up in the backfield. You can line him up you know, in motion, in the slot, out wide. Colorado two years ago, he was literally their entire offense and lined him up everywhere, and he succeeded. This past year, a lot of those guys he had year before graduated or moved on. So he was kind of the sole focus, got banged up, so didn't have as productive of a year. But coming into this year, he was probably a top 10, top 15 pick. If you can get him at 24, I think it's great value for a guy that you don't even necessarily need uh, the first few weeks. He's more of a long-term developmental pick. If you can get him in the flow of the offense by the playoffs, mm-hmm. just another option for Drew Brees. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings, with their second pick, are on the clock. But I think, yeah, if if he's a Debo Samuel type, I'm not yep. saying they're the same player, but if he starts coming on like Debo Samuel was towards the end of last year, that's that's sort of the Saints' ideal scenario. And then, I mean, you're thinking this is probably Drew Brees' last year, mm-hmm. and now you have an offensive skill position group that is really pretty set up for almost any quarterback to succeed. If you're looking at Chenault going into a second year, you still got Kamara, you still got Michael Thomas, uh, maybe you still have Jared Cook. Um, if it's whether that's Taysom Hill throwing the quarterback back there <laughs> or someone else, now that that group looks a lot more rounded out and and put together than it does right now, where it looks like very great number one starters and then quick drop off for the number two, number three guy. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, I mean, overall, the value I think worked out well. Uh, I was also looking at cornerback because they have no corners as well. But I think if you're going to you know, move forward, this is the pick you have to make. Because Emmanuel Sanders, he had a good you know, start to the Niners. And then by the playoffs, he totally flamed out. And was that yeah. the offense is not working him in? Or was that him being 33 years old, coming off of a major Achilles injury, finally catching up to him? I, I think he's still going to be productive next year. But you have to build for the future uh, at the right receiver. And like you said, whoever comes in after Breeze will have some weapons to throw to to make their life easier as well. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> I mean, they have they have Marcus Lattimore and uh, who's the guy that blew the Minneapolis miracle? He was younger. What's his I name? I forget his name. Williams? Marcus Williams. Yeah, it might have been Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he's more of a corner. And they have um, – yeah. Yeah, more of a safety. They have some corner or safeties, Safety, yeah. but they have Eli Apple, who was terrible to begin with, and the other yeah. corner is Janoris Jenkins right now, who has had a good career, but he's not a long-term answer there either. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Are the Vikings ready for their second pick? Is the card in? Are they more decisive about this pick? Yes. <laughs> okay. With the 25th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select 
I think I'm going to butcher this name, but Yator Gross Matos. Oh, you nailed it. I nailed it. I nailed yeah. it. Edge <laughs> defender out of Penn State. Uh, he is he's a naturally built edge defender. He can rush the passer, defend um, defend the run, set the edge well. He's got length. He's got good instincts. Um, he's got bursts and, and athleticism. He's not an elite top end athlete, but he's he's got active hands and he's he's a good enough um, he's a good enough athlete to play at the next level. Uh, the original pick that I wanted was AJ Epinesa, but he had such a shit combine performance that I think. I mean, personally, he should have gone higher than this based on performance uh, in college. And um, But anyways, this is the pick. Um, he has a lot of upside. I mean, he's got a good motor, which is something I think is underrated for edge rushers. Um, but yeah, like I said, he lacks that elite speed that you would want to see in an edge rusher. Um, but I think this is a good pick for the Vikings who lost um, Everson Griffin or will lose Everson Griffin in free agency. And they'll need to find an edge rusher to pair with Danielle Hunter. So this is the guy. Yeah, uh, the Dolphins are on the clock with their third pick in the first round um, via the Texans for Laramie Tunsil last year, I believe. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that defense has to to perform, especially if, if you're working <clears throat> in uh, new receivers in that offense and maybe they won't be quite as explosive. Um, you want to lean on your defense, and that's what Mike Zimmer's all about. Um, he's about that defense. He was a former DB coach. But uh, if you get that front going, like we've seen with so many teams, like we've talked about a number of times, if you build through that front and the the defensive line, it can make the DB's backfield, that backfield, so much more successful and make their life easier. Um, so, yeah, I think you get a nice pass rusher to, to replace Everson Griffin and you're you're moving if you're the Vikings. Yeah, and he can play every down. I mean, you don't have to take him off the field, you know, unless he's tired so i i like this pick and in 2018 he had 20 tackles for a loss which is insane it just shows his Nuts. potential so i mean yeah. he he'll be uh he'll be a starter i think day one on that vikings offense and fits nicely uh with everson griffin's departure for sure is the card in durian card Dolphins is ready? in okay what's the 26th pick in the 2020 nfl draft the Miami. Miami Dolphins select Antoine Winfield Jr. Safety Minnesota. Uh, this guy <laughs> is a defensive chess piece. He can play either safety spot. He can play slot corner. And Brian Flores mentioned before coming from Bill Belichick. Belichick loves versatile players. He loves guys that can play multiple spots and can confuse defense. So this guy, he might not be the best pure safety. It comes to you know playing deep coverage, deep third. But he can line up anywhere in defensive backfield, and he'll play at a high level. I've been all over this guy since the college football season. I watched a lot of Minnesota this year because I bet a lot of Minnesota games. So I was pretty much the biggest Minnesota fan on the West Coast. And every game, this guy <laughs> popped out. This the best defender on that team by far had seven interceptions, which was tied for the lead in college football this past season. So he was everywhere. It's concerning that he missed two seasons for injury. So he's a retro sophomore, but academically he's a senior. So that does worry me. But that being said, he can step in right away and play. And looking at the Miami Dolphins depth chart, right now their starting safety is Adrian Colbert, who was cut by the Niners. I've seen enough of that guy play to know he is not <laughs> a starter at the NFL level. He's a special teamer at best. So while I considered a receiver here, I considered offensive line. Again, I think you went 
first two picks on offense. This one, you go defense. For sure. Uh, the Seahawks are on the clock. Um, but, yeah, they, they need they need help in that defensive backfield. And with Brian Flores, like you said, being a defensive-minded head coach, it's time to solidify that because eventually people are going to expect his defenses to start performing. Yeah. And they were ranked 30th in defensive efficiency last year, and that's just – you're going to get a few a few years of that while you rebuild and, and retool that team that was pretty depleted. But uh, eventually you're going to have to start performing there. And, and it's I think it's fair that that was started to be addressed with Antoine Winfield Jr. If he can stay healthy, um, could be a real steal uh, in the draft at, at pick 26. Yes, um, definitely. So. I mean, there, there are a few other safeties, uh, Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit who are probably the bigger names by playing bigger schools. But in terms of, like I said before, being the chess piece, being the X factor, Winfield has that. He's the guy who you put him on the field and he will make plays for you. Yeah. And you think they lost Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. And he, so, he kind of yeah. the same uh, role. In the same, same mold. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right, Cyrus, is the pick in? The Seahawks The pick ready? is in. All right. With the 27th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. The Seattle Seahawks select AJ Epinesa, six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pound defensive end out of Iowa. Um, mm. This is a guy who I think a lot of people prior to the combine had mocked a lot higher than than this pick. Uh, he played well in college. He he was you know he sets a tough edge. He's really strong. He can hold his gap and run defense, um, and he has great power when he plays. He's good hands. He's got all the the technical skills you want from an edge rusher. But he comes out and runs a 5.04 40-yard dash, which, as we know, speed is important in the NFL, right? Even if even if when you look mm-hmm. at an edge rusher, right, there's no edge rusher running 40 yards straight straight line down the field. It's just not happening. But um, yeah. you know, it signifies explosiveness, and it, it's a red flag to teams. And we saw it like back in the day with Manti Teo. You know, it's it's just it kills your draft stock. And mm-hmm. this is a guy who, in my opinion, was top 15 in terms of potential and then this brings him down he could even fall out of the first round altogether um but he as far as um as far as ability he's not lacking right so i think this is a steal at this point in the draft you're the seahawks you're losing Jadavion Clowney, most likely you probably won't get him back and you need some sort of presence on your defensive line so at this point, it's worth the gamble because the upside is tremendous if he can come in and perform um, anywhere close to what he did in college. Um, you're you're getting great value for the 27th pick. For sure. And with that, the, the Ravens are on the clock who went 14-2. and two. It'll be interesting. They don't have a lot of holes, so yeah. we'll see what Durgan does to, to address what the, what the Ravens need. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, I like AJ Epinesa. Uh, like you said, the forty time hurt him a little bit, but uh, the C- it has been a while since the Seahawks have had like a, a real dominant presence on, on that defensive line that can disrupt and rush the passer. And if he can start to to penetrate and get to the quarterback and uh, make some stuff happen there, especially re- replacing Jadavion Clowney, who was very hit or miss. He would have one or two good games a year, one for sure against the 49ers, and then some other primetime game he'd, he'd show up to, and uh, that would be it. You hope that A.J. Epinesa can be a little bit more consistent, even if he doesn't have as high of a ceiling. Um, if he can just give you you know, a sack or two every couple of games, 
that might be worth more than holding on to Jadavion Clowney, who looks less and less likely to stay in Seattle. Agreed. This is the best pick in the draft, by the way. If you go on the blog post, I wrote about best and worst fits for all, mm-hmm. or not all prospects, for some prospects, and AJ Epinesa's best fit was the Seattle Seahawks, and he can kind of fill that Michael Bennett role that they had during the Legion of Boom era, that mm-hmm. big uh, defensive end that can kick inside on pass rushdowns and rush from the inside. So this is a slam dunk pick for the Seahawks, and I hate to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hopefully it doesn't happen in real life on the 49ers yeah. can stay safe. And, and to uh, prove, how, prove how much he's dropped, my first big board that I did right before the combine, he was 10. And my most mm. recent one, he was 22. It's tough. Got to prepare for that combine and run run fast. Yeah, yeah. He's, just, he's not a good athlete, but he can play. He can play, no doubt. Yeah. And there's something to be said for that. Some guys are just gamers. Yeah. You know, they're not going to test super oh, well, yeah. but they're they're just around the ball and they get they – get, to the quarterback and make plays um sounds like a guy that quarterbacks for the baltimore ravens a little bit you know <laughs> oh, but he's God. got the measurables too uh so was the pig in the card's in because in. In. okay with the 28th pick in the 2020 nfl draft the baltimore ravens select patrick queen linebacker lsu the ravens haven't drafted an lsu player in over a decade uh, their old GM, Ozzie Newsome, Alabama guy, and just never picked LSU guys. He retired and moved on, so I think this curse is finally broken, and it fits a massive need uh, for them because, like you said, they're a team with not many holes. The one hole they do have is middle linebacker. Right now they have LJ4 and Chris Board. I know mm-hmm. those are household names we've all heard of. So <laughs> they, they definitely need some help there. Uh, they have a great defensive line. Uh, Clay's Campbell, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf, those guys will be good at occupying blocks and holding them up. They just need a linebacker to fly in there and clean things up. And Patrick Queen kind of had a late start to his career. I mean, but that's not the worst thing in the world because his best game was his last game, the national championship one, where he was named defensive player of the game. And he just, with a heat-sinking missile, he saw a ball, he ran, he's quick. He's not huge. He's a little smaller than Kenneth Murray. So you kind of might worry about how he's going to hold up over a full season. But great developmental prospect. And he can also step in right away and play and probably be your leading tackler next season. I think, I mean, I like the pick. The, the Titans are on the clock for, for Cyrus. But um, like you said, that defensive line can eat up blocks. And you just need somebody with enough athleticism to run around and fill holes and uh, be able to scrape over the top and make plays uh, sort of on the perimeter uh, and uh, be disciplined. You don't need a guy that's just like a freak athlete that needs to make all the plays like Luke Keekley or or Patrick Willis or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But you just need a guy that's going to play good, fundamental, sound defense at the linebacker position um, and and do what he's supposed to and that defense is just going to go to the next level because like you said there's not a lot of holes and if if you patch a couple things up here and there um they they look just as scary as they did last year yeah they they need to win i mean they're in win now mode obviously while lamar jackson is on his rookie deal so you don't have to go for a guy who's gonna be a developmental piece you need guys to step in and play right now and we'll get better as the season goes on like patrick queen patrick queen will for sure for sure. Are the Tennessee Titans ready, Cyrus? The, the pick is in. Okay. 
with the 29th pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Tennessee Titans select Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC. Um, this is a guy who's an excellent athlete. He can mirror speed rushers. He's he's got um, all the physical tools that you want out of a tackle. He's got good height, length. He's, he's got good weight. He's quick for his size. Um, he's fast to the second level. He can pull. He can do almost everything you want him to do. Uh, the reason that he, you know, this all sounds great and like a top tier pick here for an offensive tackle, but the reason mm-hmm. is just because he's super raw from a technical standpoint and he's going to need a lot of coaching. Um, he's going to need to improve his hands, his technique, his footwork. But from an athletic perspective, you know, it's hard to find 300 pounds, six foot six dudes that move like he moves. So if you can get him somewhere where, you can groom him. He can be a future starting left tackle. To be honest, he's got he's got the skill set and the physical tools to do that. Um, so, and I think the Titans right now are relatively light on uh, offensive line talent. And you just signed your your uh, quarterback of the future to a shit ton of money. So Casey's boy, and um, <laughs> you're going to need to protect him. So I think this is a value pick, and he's probably the last offensive tackle worthy of a of a, a first round selection um and i think he's he could be a steal if given the right situation and the right coaching for sure uh the packers are on the clock durgan don't don't screw us on this <laughs> right, trusting you uh but yeah i i, I think you, you gotta take him especially if you're you're not paying taylor lewan like you you need to replace that and um we've talked about before in past episodes um how Tannehill really needs a clean pocket and when he's getting a clean pocket and Derrick Henry is running he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh he can make every single throw and uh, you need to solidify that and keep that intact as much as possible uh, and like you said if he, if he's the last tackle worthy of a first round pick or for for reaching for um in the top end of the draft you got to take him. Um, I think your your window is is closing. I would say because you're not you've now paid you franchise t- tagged Derrick Henry and you've paid Ryan Tannehill. Um, you got AJ Brown on your team. Uh, they've paid some of their their pieces, but they're not going to have a ton of flexibility going forward if they decide to pay Derrick Henry and, and invest money in him. Um, so you got to get guys that are sort of ready to play now and, and make sure you're, you're capitalizing on this window when the, the AFC South looks relatively weak and Houston's imploding and, and it's there for the taking. Um, so but I like the pick and I, I think uh, hopefully he can, he can keep, keep my boy upright and, and looking like the, the study is Ryan Tannehill. Nice. Thanks for your approval commission. <clears throat> <laughs> you're welcome all right are the packers ready packers are ready okay with the 30th pick in the 2020 nfl draft the green bay packers select kj hamler receiver penn state this guy reminds me so much of randall cobb so mm. that was one of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets when he was there slot receiver small only five foot nine hundred and seventy five pounds soaking wet but he's quick. <laughs> he's really quick. And while he was hurt for the combine, he says he can run a 4 three forty. That's the deep threat they also need. I mean, Devontae mm-hmm. Adams is a stud, and he burned Richard Sherman this season in the playoff uh, game deep, but he's not really best going deep. He's more of a possession receiver, yeah. 
And they do have Lazard. They do have Funches to they side. But I don't think those guys are long-term answers. I think you yeah. put Hamler in the slot, and he's going to play a majority of their snaps. I'll defer to you. I'll let you talk more about this since it's your team. Uh, I also looked at offensive tackle. I don't think the Packers really have a right tackle now, now that yeah. uh, Balaga is gone. But there wasn't one to justify uh, picking one here. But they really need a receiver. For sure. Uh, and your team is up next. Yep. The 49ers are on the clock for, for Cyrus. Um, but I like the pick. Like you said, if, if he's got that speed, we're – sorely lacking that we have marquez valdez scantling who's uh, a burner but he uh, made a few plays in the beginning of the season and uh, i guess fell out of favor with the coaching staff had a couple bad drops and uh, was barely playing by the end of the year and you've got lazard who's a late run draft pick or i think he might have been undrafted um and funchess but like I don't have a ton of hope. I think those are guys. Those are like nice number three receivers that you can rotate in or number fours. Um, but we're really missing that number two. Sort of like the Saints situation where you have Michael Thomas, and then who else do you have? Uh, and I think KJ Hamler might solve a bit of that. Yeah. Type of that that issue. Because um, Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any younger, and uh, he looked like he he started to show some signs of that this last year missing throws that he usually makes and uh, i think you just got to go all in with with what you got in green bay while he's still uh, your quarterback there and uh if you don't get a quarter or if you don't get a, a super bowl and get some more hardware for for him then you you've sort of failed so yeah. you know, push your chips in get guys that are ready that can add speed and some uh dynamic playmaking ability and uh say Aaron Rodgers make him a star Matt LaFleur find a way to to get him open and and let's ride definitely definitely all right the 49ers ready Cyrus uh yes the 49ers are ready (laughs) okay with the 31st pick in the 2020 NFL draft San Francisco 49ers select Trevon Diggs cornerback Alabama the younger brother of Stephon Diggs um he actually began as a receiver at Alabama as well uh but he is now a cornerback he's got good height he's got ideal length he's got great weight um he's got good enough straight line speed um and the size you would want to match up against uh, larger receivers in the NFL um his instincts are good he plays the ball well in here he's got good ball skills um so I think it's the it's the best available pick, and it's a it's a need. I think the Niners need to address the secondary. They took a receiver uh, with their first pick, and I think um, there is a chance that they're not actually picking here, uh, and they they trade out of the first round. But if they're keeping it, I think they go DB. Yeah, and uh, the Super Bowl winning Chiefs are on the clock for our last pick. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm sure Durgan can speak to it a little bit too. But you got Richard Sherman, who's aging uh and then who are you going to slot in over on the other side that's that's the biggest question they're flip-flopping at different points in the year uh and if if you can get some uh, stability there and uh solidify that that corner spot then then you're really working for sure but the concern here is and the reason i say they might not pick here they don't have a pick between rounds two and four at the moment so um right Mm -hmm. now you're just you got these two first round picks and then nothing's guaranteed. So you kind of, you kind of wonder if there's going to be some movement and maybe trade down and accumulate maybe a second and a third or whatever you can get 
kind of depends how the the uh, board falls and who's available and what the, what the demand looks like towards the end of the first round. Usually, you'll see a lot right. of people try to trade into that first round because not only does it give uh, not only does it give you a chance to to grab your guy, but it gives you a fifth round option on him um, on his rookie contract. Yeah. So, like we saw that with Lamar Jackson, we saw that we've seen that with a few other quarterbacks that kind of fall throughout the draft so maybe we see some quarterback needy team trade with the Niners and they they accumulate a few more picks because at the moment uh outside of the first two in the first round it's looking bleak yeah for sure yeah you're right though I think the Niners move down I don't think they will make the selection but they also could trade down at 13 that's not out of the picture either but they definitely need a corner uh Sherman's getting older he's a free agent after the season and the other side was a total shit show last year. So who knows who's playing over there. And Diggs, he might not play next year. He might not need to play next year. Uh, he's more of, a, I think, year two type player, which is completely fine. Uh, let him develop one year. Let him get some special teams. Let him learn from Sherman. Uh, kind of the ins and outs of playing corner. And his upside is really high. His floor is low, possibly. But his upside is really high, and I like his pick. Sure. Well... Let's bring it home. Last pick. With the 32nd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Kansas City Chiefs select. Jeff Gladney, cornerback, TCU. I'm not as high as him on him as other people are, but one thing he is is that he's ready to play right now. He's a redshirt senior. Mm-hmm. He can step in, play slot, play outside corner. And there's one thing that the Chiefs need is a corner. They have mm-hmm. legit no one right now so and also their Super Bowl window like the Ravens it's shrinking I mean they did this one last year yeah they have Mahomes but mm-hmm. when he gets paid they'll have to move on from a lot of guys and so you need a guy who's gonna step in and play right now and kind of like Christian Fulton he's he's a dog he's an alpha male he's you know he's not afraid to get in your face after a big hit or a big play and that's kind of the swagger that a championship team needs um so I mean I like like this pick for them uh, Trayvon Diggs would have been great for them as well. He's more developmental player, but high corner, uh, high high ceiling corner. But in terms of stepping in and playing right now, Jeff Gladney is probably the number three corner in that aspect in this draft. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think they have one or two more years in this window. They're, they're returning a lot of offensive starters and defensive mm-hmm. starters, but after this year, like like you said, when you pay Mahomes, all that starts to fall apart. Um, so it's win now get a couple in and then uh see where you're at um and i mean i think you're 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 hitting it they need some help there and he's the most ready of the guys that are left and um whether you throw him into the fire or work him in gradually tbd but um i think it's a good value pick for them to to help them win now yep you nailed it there you nailed go. It. We nailed it. We nailed that? it. That concludes the first round of the weekly spiral draft. We'll be back with rounds two through seven. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, we got to fill some. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, it's going to wrap things up here on episode 33. We really appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, and if you can, 
please check us out, weeklyspiral.com. I think we're going to post this draft up there with a little bit of a brief explanation as far as each pick and why Durgan and I made the selection. Um, and that should be up shortly, so check that out. You can find all our other content. We have a ton of stuff we're pumping out right now, both player analysis and draft coverage as we lead up to the draft. This will be an interesting one. It's the first virtual draft that we've ever had, so we'll see how that goes, and it should be a fun time. Um, but yeah, we hope you're staying safe. We hope you're quarantined, staying six feet apart from each other, and um, enjoying this interesting time uh, and staying healthy. And uh, with that, this has been an, a weekly spiral production, bringing you fresh football weekly. We really appreciate your support, and we look forward to episode 34 next week. 